All right, we're back behind the badge. The newest episode. Professor, what's going on, brother? Living the dream, my friend. So today's going to be a, a fun little episode here. Um, I've kept you in the dark on something, so I'm going to let Listen, you. I knew eventually. I knew eventually you would come clean. Yeah, I'm going to let you and anybody that listens going to play a little detective today. All right. Um, and it has to do with our buddy Joe. Oh. You know. Uh, but before we get into that that whole scenario, uh, on our Facebook page, I posted a video. Me and him actually went down to Kensington today. We did a, a drive through. Um, we went to Clearfield. We went to Cambria, Needle Park. Um, so anybody that follows our Facebook page, we're on there. There's some video there. I also did some video on Twitter. And you can just see just how unbelievable it is. I mean, you just it's really insane that this is America. Now, yeah. a lot of these people choose to be there. Um, but one of the points I made when I was talking to when me and Joe were talking was when we were there locking people up, going through the neighborhoods, we presented an option to these individuals. It's either hang out here and risk getting locked up by the warrant unit because every single one will have a warrant at some point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or hide in abandoned houses, run, hide, and just live in fear until you're caught one day. That was the options. Uh, let's could, be fair. They probably just try to wait us out and hope the day shift or another shift comes. Yeah, they're but, not really going to come down there as have you. Well, no, because again, they don't, you know, their, their internal clock's not thinking that way. It's not working like a nine to five or this and that. It's just, you know, whenever they're ready and they need to go get their fix, they're, that's when they have to go do it. Could be six in the morning, could be 3 a.m. You know, it tends tends to be three a.m. more than the a. You know what I mean? Uh, you'll be, be surprised. Day, well, then yes. Now no. It's it's insane. Well, but well, I, I think what makes what used to make it harder, I think, is um, in the day you somewhat blended with, dare I say, the average citizen. Where at night, you know, I mean, you kind of know what you're dealing with. Right. And um, it, but the issue was they they knew like okay, eventually I'm going to get yeah, caught. Yeah. I'll go to RCF or CFCF, spend a week, three days, a month, you know, a few months in there, but. It reset their body, basically. They came out, you know, how many times did we send someone in that was 60 pounds, came out 160? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of times you'd see the, you know, the girls in the avid come in, they come out, you don't even recognize them. They right. put on some weight, their skin cleared up, they looked a little better because they're right. eating, they're not doing drugs. I and mean, then they look much better. some people, like the guy Jeff we talked about, um, mm -hmm. who, after years of living down there and being arrested and arrested and him ultimately shot and nearly killed... You know, they were like, all right, fuck, this is over. I'm done. I'm going to get help. What's happening down there right now? There is none of that. There is no fear. We we watch a video of a girl walking around with a needle in her mouth. Like, yeah. like it's a cigarette. You know, and she'll Listen, man, she'll I mean, shoot up behind a dumpster there. No fear. She's not going to go to jail for any reason whatsoever. And mm -hmm. no one's there saying, hey, come on. You know, at least when you're in jail and you're in front of a judge, they kind of give you that, hey, go get help or you're going. Now that's gone. It's over. I mean, I, I'll tell you this, dude. I one of the things I do, other than teach in my classes, um, we have obviously people that want to be teachers. One of the state requirements is they have to do at least one hour of opioid training. Um, so I, me, and one of my colleagues, we do a little bit of, of research on opioids. Um, so you know, I get to do the training sometimes. And I did it the other day. And one of the things I always do is show videos of Kensington Avenue mm -hmm. because I think. You know, and, and there are different faces of this. I mean, you know, I live in more rural communities now, and it's much different than it is in somewhere like Kensington. And neither one is good, obviously. But I think a lot of people have just never seen that. No. And I tell them, look, I'll show you some videos. You know, I mean, Vice does them in the mainstream news. I said, forget about those. Go to YouTube. Just put in Kensington Ave. You yeah. know, just put that in and go look at this is the reality. So when people are pushing for, you know, different types of laws or different things to deal with, with opioid addiction – this is the reality of what happens, and places so, like Kensington are are decimated by this. I, it's terrible. I um, contacted the um, the the candidate for district attorney, um, Mr. Vega. Mm -hmm. I talked to his team today, and I brought this up that even though we're under an administration here in, in the city that doesn't want to prosecute any crimes, basically, 
you know, it, it gives these individuals free will. Me and Joe watched a kid break it into a house. Okay. Now the house kind of looked maybe abandoned, but the kid could have been maybe no more than 15. And he's got a fucking crowbar just trying to jack it up. Not a fear in the world that he's going to get arrested. Nothing. There's no fear. So everybody down in that area, there's just no fear of anything. So when you have no fear, that's what it's going to look like. Hundreds, thousands of people spread out all over, walking around like zombies, sleeping on the ground, litter everywhere. It's truly disgusting. So I told him when we were in a unit, when they weren't, and I gave him a little history of our unit and what happened with the, um, you know, dirty dealing backdoor fucking shady, only Philadelphia politics deal that was made against our unit. The, um, I told him that we would go down in that area, ride up and down the, the, the strip once, maybe twice, lock up several people, and it was a ghost town. You know, there was countless nights where you would drive from Erie and Tarsdale all the way up to Front and Lehigh. I mean, uh, not, not Front and Lehigh, um, you know, Front and, and Kensington where it split and there was nobody. You couldn't find anybody. And the reason that was because there was fear. They were afraid that they knew if the warrant unit got them, they were going up to the prison for at least a two days, three days, depending on, you know, whenever you got caught. There was a real fear. Even right now, if they go into a store and rob a bunch of food from 7-Eleven, they're going to get a summons, most likely, which is just a ticket. Or mm. at worst, they're going to get fucking, you know, up to, you know, up to the district for a few hours, get ROR and let out. See, I think here's where you use the word fear. Um, you know, I'm, I guess I'm coming at this from an academic perspective. I'd use the word deterrent. We were a literal deterrent. To well, no, extent. we were. Yes. It, and it's largely it's largely gone. I, I think the other problem here is, you know, we now live in a society where being a victim is now championed. Right. Mm -hmm. So we now measure somebody by how much of a victim they are. And we can measure on different levels of victimhood based on race, religion, ethnicity, national origin, you know, political beliefs, whatever it may be. And we've now moved to the point where, you know, drug addicts um, aren't, aren't responsible for their actions, right? This is a disease. This is something well, terrible. But it's here's the thing fault. in Philly, it's, that's true, but they're just, it's just, okay, they're over here. Let them, it's like you go to a playground with your kids and you just let them go play in the fucking on the swings and you just sit there and, you know, okay, kids over there, no big deal. And you just See, look the other is, way and ignore it. But I don't think the people who the, now I'm not saying the people, the the kind of normal citizens who live there don't see it that way. And, you know, I, I talk about this stuff a lot, too. You'd think in a lot of those areas you'd be worried about more serious criminals. Sometimes it's quality of life stuff. Um, just because you live in a poor neighborhood doesn't make you a, a lesser human or mean that your values are different. Right. Well, no, there's lots of people with young children and they don't want to see this shit. On and their they're orders. hostages in their own home. Yeah. They can't yeah. go out. And, and the sad thing is the people that should be protecting them can't are not allowed because yeah because this because those in power won't let them See, and that's the that's the crazy bit about this i told them limit i told I, I told the uh vegas team today i said listen you know this is a tool for you and i've sent this to the police commissioner the stupid fucking thing anyway i've sent this idea out it's not a secret i'm saying this for anybody to use so somebody can fucking you know help these neighborhoods and it's simple get the fucking warrants i told her there's twenty thousand warrants there's probably fifteen thousand fugitives right now as we speak and i said that is the very conservative side of that number i said they are probably a lot more than that i told them you can just easily tell the sheriffs hey you got to come the fuck out and do something here or get a task force together anything but start going to these neighborhoods and fucking serving them i was like what happens when you go into this house and i lock up this guy you know let's just say we go into this neighborhood that just had two murders and it, it's unsolved we go into this neighborhood we start hitting houses we start locking people up people talk a few years back here's a story for everyone a few years back there was a it was a big news story here in philadelphia i i it could we could be on the 10 years ago. I don't even remember. But a girl 
just graduated, I'm going to say either eighth grade or high school, one or the other, a, a young black female who was a straight A student, um, I, I believe it was like eighth grade, heading to high school, ready to go into, I think it was a pretty good school, whatever it was, she just graduated, goes to a party, gets killed, gets shot and killed. Mm-hmm. We get the call to come out. And this is where we were so productive. This is where our small unit was so effective. We started hitting every friggin' house in her neighborhood. And we found people. We locked people up. And we found people that had information on that murder. And it was solved because of us. We found people. I won't say who, how, where. Those people. People talk. In you order need to, to find somebody who will tell you somebody else who will in, tell you somebody else and you'll get where you in need order to, go to get out of yeah. their jam they yeah, of course gave up information long story short this girl's case was solved and it was basically um just from our small unit going into that neighborhood and flooding it with warrant service yeah. and it helped they can so, do so this listen, let, in, me, let me ask you this man what did Vegas office say they he was shocked. The kid almost, I think the kid dropped the phone when I told him how many warrants are really active right now. I mean, I'm sure you probably got an intern or somebody answering. Right, but right. I mean, but I mean, he asked questions. We had a, yeah. you know, it wasn't just like me rambling and he just writing shit down. He was asking different questions. It was, he mm-hmm. was interested. And I told him, that's good. You know, he has the power to ask, you know, why isn't this being done? How can mm-hmm. we go about doing this? And I told him, I said, look, even if you just go out and start locking these people up and you get them in court and you dump all the cases. I said, that's that's your decision. That's that's your job to figure out yes or no. I said, my point when we would do this is we would get these people and get information from them. We would ask them, where's the dealers? Do you know anybody that has um, a, a body on them? Do you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it was good investigative work. It wasn't just us going there. Hey, is Joe here? No. Okay, goodbye. And leave. Well, I mean, it, but because you're always angry. I mean, I don't know. I worked with you. We we have our same mindset where we're always angling for the bigger fish. Yeah. And I think people used to give a shit sometimes like, oh, you're down on Kensington Ave with the junkies and hookers. And I'm like, who do you think tells you where the murderers are? Who do you think tells right. you where the drug dealers are? I mean, that's that's but, the reality of this, right? You you the these people know everything because they're they're in and out. They're they're the eyes on the street that we can't have all the time. Sure. But and the you problem can find is out great things. The po- problem right now in Philly is there's all this crime. And it's not even slowing down. Carjackings. That's like the new retail theft. It's just normal. Carjackings are out of control. They've never seen anything like it. The murders so, we they, all... They've been emboldened. People are emboldened. They know exactly. Krasner ain't going to do shit. You know, I you know can that. do whatever you want. And Uncle Larry's going to come and give you a back massage, dude. Yes. That's what's going to happen. But Because you may have had a rough childhood and lived in a poor neighborhood and didn't have Listen, all man, the advantages we, we didn't that... We have good childhoods. I know, but that it doesn't matter. Our skin's white. So that shit doesn't fucking matter right now, sadly. But here's the, here's the reality of it. Me and you lived, you know, in Frankfurt, a block, two blocks away from Whitehall Projects. And, you know, we, we weren't, we, we had no money. We were poor people, you know, yeah, I grew up on fucking welfare, dude. It was terrible. It's, you know, and we had just as rough time as the guys in the projects did when it came to cops, we were no different. We yeah. were treated like shit. Not saying that as life went on, you know, it got harder for us as it may have for, you know, some people. But yeah. the point is everybody in, you know, in the, in the, um, you know, justice system today, you know, that gets locked up, isn't a victim, okay? This is where this new wave of thinking or this, you know, this, like how this administrator- It's it's the woke mentality. The the woke mentality. And here's the thing. They don't understand how to stop it. So they continue to have these rallies and these conferences and these, you know, group, you know, Zoom meetings. And I told them, I said, that's all great for the cameras. The reality is nothing's being done. You need people on the street knocking on doors, proactive cops. The cops don't have, no one has their back. And I told him, Vegas got to come out and say, hey, listen, guys, I'm not here to jam you up. If you fuck up and you do something wrong, I am going, I'm going to, I'm going to get you for it. But am I going to just make 
lists of cops who can't testify anymore and every single arrest they ever make, we're just not going to prosecute? No. However, you do need some type of, you know, game plan that is proactive. And I, and I gave them the numbers. I told them what we used to do with all our operations. And I, I said, look, I would, for no money, I don't care. I will do this. I will help you organize something. You know, I'll tell you exactly how we used to do it with the federal agencies. Um, you know, once you get in there, you can call the sheriff and say, hey, what's going on? I told him, I said, you can call the president judges, all three of them, and say, yo, guys, what the fuck's going on? All your warrants, every person you, you know, you issue a bench warrant for, you could care less. Like, no, we got to get something done. Even if it's a unit that goes out and starts knocking on doors or a strict team that just does it and you bring them in and you just throw the case away. Guess what? You know, hold on. You're making an assumption though, man. You're making the assumption that there are others that will buy into that. No, no, no. no, I don't don't know very much about Mr. Vegas. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, Professor, hold on. It's not that, I don't care about that part, what he does at that point. My, my, my idea is to be proactive on the street right now. Okay, cops does their job. Cop goes, gets bad guy, puts bad guy in jail. It's the justice system's um, responsibility at that point. I'm looking at this from a cop standpoint. The cops need to go out. They need. They have a golden key. You have twenty thousand warrants in Philadelphia right now that you can start going into these bad neighborhoods and just start knocking on doors. People will run and hide, and that's it. Who cares what happens with the case once it gets to the courtroom? That's not, you know, what happens in the courtroom is not stopping what's happening on the street right now. I disagree. I mean, I, I disagree with that. And, you know, I've always said this. I think the courts is where the real failure is mm. because the cops can. I mean, even if the cops were proactive and aggressive and went out and locked everybody up, if they're not actually going to do anything to these folks, once they're arrested, they're spinning their wheels well, and you take them off the street for a day or two or a week or whatever but they're not actually going to, you know, it's not actually going to change things because there's no deterrent effect because you know, at the end of the, at the end of the day, even if the cops jam you up, lock you up, uncle Larry's going to let you out. Well, that's, now, you know, like I was saying, I, I, I don't know very much about Mr. Vega. I hope that he's different. I hope that he wants to be progressive and really change things and not just, isn't just paying lip service to us, but the problem becomes, once again, you live in a Democrat city. We as a country are at a stage where victimhood is is championed, right? Yeah. We, we measure someone's value by how many levels of victim they are. And, and you know, if you're it's a cop, getting old, you're the enemy it, uh, right now. but it's getting old quick right now, well, even across the country. It's starting to take that. Well, like, uh, I think I think we'll see. I think we'll see. And I think the Chauvin know. trial. The Derek Chauvin trial right now, it's on for the death of George Floyd. I think the outcome of that will probably have um, a big impact on what happens from here on out. I mean, I don't know if you've been following Yeah, I I have, and I'm not even going to worry about that until the day, until it ends. Um, But- the, you need to. You need to. You need to watch the. I've watched watch it. I know. I, I've watched it. I know all the details. I, I think the media. The, the media defense, is once again just feeding people bullshit. I know they are. Them like, oh, you know, the this is a slam I, You watch it. In my it's opinion, hard. the defense is crushing this case. In my opinion, well, but yeah, that's yeah, what, not the, what the media wants, and that's yeah. not going to fit their narrative, and that's yeah. going to cause problems. So definitely, definitely. But I think <clears> that will change things. I think the outcome of that case will be significant in shaping officers attitudes because i think if he is convicted a lot of cops are going to say f this that's not going to be me you know what i mean well see here's the thing cops have already said that that's one of the problems cops already know with the command in in place in philadelphia and this comes from many cops they already know like nope fuck this i am not risking my life i am not risking my freedom i'm with you my my but i i think you know i think the difference we're they already know that they can't trust the politicians they already know that they can't trust um, the administration for the most part. But I think the one thing you may still have faith in is your fellow citizen. Now, look, you know, mm. look, man, I, went to law school. I know nobody wants to walk into a jury trial because you have no clue <laughs> what a jury of our peers are going to decide. Yeah, um, I, um, I think, no, I'm sorry. If the jury weighs, if the jury looks at the Chauvin case objectively and they're not going to, them, well, they're, that's going to be the, that's going to be the decision. Yeah. If they do, I mean, honestly, right now, I think there's no chance in hell you get him on first and second degree murder. You might have a long shot at manslaughter. But I think if he gets hit with anything else, if I was a cop, 
I would just quit, dude, because you're all done. It's, There's nothing, anything, anything. You now, do, I, I, listen, I, and we'll talk about that case as it gets closes in towards the end. But you're right. If you just watch the news, you're only going to see the highlights they want you to see. If you really follow yeah, the case, you can see that the defense yeah. is really actually kicking the prosecution's ass. But you'll never know that. My point is just, with with, right, Phil, with Philadelphia, and you know that is one of the excuses that's always used. Um, once it gets to the courts, oh, that's where it fails. It's not. People fail to is realize this isn't the judge. Seen it. This isn't all the judges sitting back saying, "Oh, we're just liberal. We're not going to lock anybody up." Everybody, if you know anything about the, the you know, the criminal justice system, especially in Philly, you know, nine, ninety nine, ninety out of a hundred cases are already predetermined before they get in front of that judge. The sentence, well, the the, I mean, the outcome, well, everything. Here. I mean, look. Between ninety and ninety-five, ninety and ninety-five percent of cases end in plea bargains. Right. So I mean, so again, it's the district rate, attorney's yeah. office doing it. That's where the problem is. I'm well, thinking well, of yeah. this as a, a, a proactive approach to curb this violence now, and that is with the golden ticket. You have warrants. You can go into anybody's house with that address. You can go look for all these people. You can go into neighborhoods. And you can actually do it in a respectable Listen, manner and not piss the whole world me, off and still shut a neighborhood thing. down. That's the let point. I, I think you and I are, are relatively intelligent individuals, right? I think we know this. I think there are much smarter people within the city of Philadelphia that are also aware of this. They uh, just won't do it. Not they the warrants, not it. the warrant part. Nope. As you know, as you remember, when we had the warrant unit, we were in that warrant unit. There was only, there was judges that didn't even know who we were. I, I get that, but I think that there's, you know? I mean, other other law enforcement. I mean, if you're the sheriffs and you took this over, you have to be aware of the substantial power you have. They don't now, care. Use it, it's just crazy. That's the problem. They don't care about it. They don't want to go pissing off everyday voters because of a criminal warrant. Now. And, they and will go do go. it. That's the key. That's they, the key. Right. This is what I've been saying for weeks here, right? Right. The key is this. Um, people, politicians, and everyone underneath the politicians will do whatever the people tell them. So, you know, years ago, you know, when you used to talk about prison reform, it would always fail because the only thing people wanted was more bars, more guards, and longer sentences. We've now come kind of full circle where the only thing we want is everybody let free the, the you know the whole organization the whole criminal justice system is just racist and antiquated and all these things so yeah. let's burn it to the ground i know and i say okay good what do you have to replace it because the, the answer is gonna be vigilante justice right because if the cops don't go and lock up the guy who did something to the kid the kid's family members will and you're going to have more blood on the streets sure and this is where i say this all falls on the voters of philadelphia well you keep electing these idiot that's dude. again and, and they do not have your best no you, you're right it's the right. voters fault we keep putting the same idiots well they keep putting the same idiots in power but we're past it they're in there so you know yeah, this I voted is for pete rose in every election you know the, me. It, right and this is the problem this is now well they're there how do we save the citizens the everyday person who doesn't realize every you know they're going to get screwed over by this politician or just doesn't care whatever but, but how do you do it i mean how do you do it because and again is, look, philadelphia will never turn republican ever ever, well, ever. and it, it doesn't even matter. you just need somebody that cares about fucking crime at this point every other yep. you know whatever but, cause but you follow or care national, about from who the cares? national level down from the national level down the democrats have embraced letting people out of prison everybody's racist all every cop is corrupt every cop is abusing their power i know and, you know i don't even know how you get around that without having some really you know like well <laughs> i think philly so, is gonna be maybe could be ground zero for it because krasner uh, was one of several um democrats I, I think, I that think, hold on I that, that were really is chernobyl bro well listen that were put in to these offices that were elected in because of the, you know, whoever, the source money or whoever's funding these guys, these radical, crazy left um, lunatics. But Philly is going to be the first place where it's like, no, we're done. No more of this no. shit. They didn't get back. He didn't get the backing of the Democratic Party. The ward leaders, from what I'm reading, have all basically abandoned them. And what people don't realize in Philadelphia politics, the ward leaders are control who gets in and who gets out. Because they go knocking on door to door saying, vote for this motherfucker. 
Vote for this motherfucker. I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think Philly is different than Portland and Seattle and San Francisco, clearly. You know what I mean? Um, you know, we're, we're, we're And that's where the changes. And I think this is where the change different. starts. Vega gets well, in I, and I it changes. This, this is where I disagree with you. And I listen, I pray to God that I'm wrong. I hope that it sorts itself out. But I guess in my mind, I think what's going to happen is you'll have look. Krasner is kind of a, a relic of the recent past and that he's a complete leftist lunatic. And I think they'll remove him. But my thought is that they're not going to go that far from the left. You know what I mean? It's still going to be a leftist. It's still going to be no, somebody uh, who's... It, and that's fine. It's always been that way. air quotes reform and all that kind of nonsense. And it always but has I, been. And, that, and I don't care. I just want to get back to even the level where when we were all in the warrant unit, where... We could keep the neighborhood safe. That's all. That's all I care about. Where people were afraid when they got locked up, they were probably going to go to jail. And that's it. That's all they. That's all we need to get the city of Philadelphia back on track and get this shit under control. I told them, this is, and I and I mean this in every way possible. I told them you can call the Fed, the Marshals, FBI, everybody, and ask them. When these task force were put together, and we did this every day, so... It was nothing to us. We crushed neighborhoods. And, you know, there was operations specialized for it. Numbers dropped drastically. And that's all you have to do is you got to be proactive. I know this isn't a proactive time, but I think everybody in Philadelphia realizes that this is crazy. This is beyond reform that you're, you were yelling for. This is just flat out lunacy here. This is insanity. The craziness that's going on in the city, the carjackings, the the murders, the ag assaults, the guns being pulled off the streets. Cops are fucking locking up, you know, 30, 40 people a day with guns. And those people are getting right back out, you know, because the bail system is, you know, is prejudiced and against everybody. It's, you know, it, it's crazy. It's sad. It's fucked up. And I just pray that. You know, this guy gets in and kind of restores some order here in the city, man, because other, otherwise I, I you're right. I hope you're right, man, because something needs to change or it's just getting worse. I mean, and I you know, know and I know judges are trying, you know, they're they're handing out the sentences as they, you know, they're, they're doing their part. But people got to realize because they like to blame a judge. Well, every I, I, most of the stuff that gets before the judge is already done, you know. It's all. Well, I mean, deal, it's almost already over. Agreements, yeah. And and that's, here, here, you can't blame it. Here's the thing, though. No, but here's the thing. I mean, the judges have the power to reject a plea agreement. I mean, you know, you have the prosecution, defense, everybody, everybody be on board. It's the judge still has to approve right, it. But but so if, so if the judiciary is too weak to say no, 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 I'm not accepting this bullshit, then then they're just that's a whole other issue that needs to be addressed in another way. That's not the problem here. But our old our old lieutenant. You know, uh, just popped on here, and he said he made a great point. Is that it's almost as everything that we did, we did for nothing. Like you know, the mm -hmm. sacrifice of Sergeant yeah, I Leclerc. Agree. I agree. All the yeah. countless injuries people sustained over the course, like me, I have lifelong injuries from that job. And when you hear about the sheriffs, just you know, when I hear what what's not being done, it, it breaks yeah. my heart, man, because. That was a that was an amazing unit, a unit that was around. If it was here today, I pr I guarantee this. If our unit was here with the uh, with the officers that we had towards the end, you know, Johnny, Johan, um, John D, everybody. If it was still here, I guarantee we could crush neighborhoods and bring the numbers of every crime down by at least ten percent. Any crime you can think of, we would drop them. By 10%, you're, just by us serving warrants. I, I don't disagree, but you're making you're making the grand assumption that that's what people want. Um, like I said, man, there are people smarter than us getting paid a lot more than us that know what's going on, and they don't want to resolve this. Because no. the reality is fear is what politicians thrive on. I know that. If, but listen, if everything clears up, you know what I mean? Politicians don't get that respect. Well, you no, need to come in and say, oh, they, they need but to say you're looking at it, say, I'm the answer. To you're your Again, you're looking at it from the, you know, the biggest spectrum at the top level, the federal government. And you're right there. That's right. I'm talking about I'm, here at the local level in the city of Philadelphia and here alone is what I am focused on. Listen, 
Democrats don't have to use all this shit because they're going to win every race as it is anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. They don't they're have the to do this. Trotters playing the generals. Right. We know the result. We we, know everyone the result. knows they're going to keep winning. What's crazy is that they're fucking destroying their, their city mm. when they don't have to. They don't have to do this. You're going to win. Every Democrat that runs, they're going to win. No Republican's going to ever fucking beat any of them yet. But I mean, one day people may just get into sick of it. But all these listen, if you, you don't have to do this. If you think any of these politicians are content just to be in control in Philadelphia, you're crazy. They hold that. Listen, they always have their eyes on the state level and the federal level and bigger and bigger things. Yeah, I know. But it, the, the good thing with Philly, though, this, the good thing about that and Philadelphia is the rest of the state will never, ever elect anyone from Philadelphia to a major office here again. Rendell was the last guy. That's it. No one will ever go. Pittsburgh, the rest of the I state. I wouldn't even blame them. Wouldn't even, they won't even budge. Not a shot in the world will anybody from Philadelphia ever again, especially that's going, that's working right now. Like people will say well, Krasner and Kenny have this, you know, maybe governor or a state senator. Zero fucking chance that happens. Think, think about this, man. I mean, listen, look at the merit of what they've done. What have they done? They turned Philly into a bigger shithole. It's like literally, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean when I use the Chernobyl analogy, but it, that's literally what it feels like to me. Everybody I know has fled the city. Nobody wants to come back. Most of the people I know that are there wish to God they could get out. Uh, and, and I'm not talking about I wish I could about working class people, hardworking people who grew up there, have roots there and definitely don't want to leave. Listen, but they see it and say, there's no future here for me. There's no future for my kids. I've got no choice but to leave. I, have, I never want to leave. Philly, I have man. a ton of friends. I couldn't let my kids go to school there. I have a ton of friends that are cops still to this day. And I talk to them and they tell me their stories. And it it is crushing to hear in their voice where they're like, look, I've just. I'm not risking my freedom and my life anymore. Yeah, I, I will. I will go to the call that I have to go to. I am not no more. Like uh, this is how most cops are, and it sucks because they're afraid that their their uh, bosses above them just won't get their back if something gets dicey. Uh, Philly just shot a guy uh, the other day. Guy shoot, shoots at a cop. You know, hits the cop, hits him in the foot. Luckily, you know, he's everything's okay. Um, they return fire, kill him. Already on on Twitter and the news, I seen that the family speaking out, and they're already yeah, saying no. He this is he went shop. He was going shopping with his friends. They were just gun. shopping, yeah. mind you. They had a gun, and he's a wanted fugitive. But that yeah. part, you know, they leave out. The cops but, but, did but not just walk up and shoot the fucking guy. And this is the Listen. insanity. That all we you face. have to say now, all you have to do is get a lawyer, hold a press conference, and you win. I mean, you look at George Floyd just got how much did he get from from Minneapolis no, from Minnesota? 20 some odd million his family. That's insane. Mm -hmm. During the trial to tank things, this whoever this is, they'll get a payout, too, because that's our that's the way we. Do oh, the city now. always pays that. I mean, that's a whole nother argument. The city always pays out. We had a guy sue whose us. Money are they, whose money are they paying out? The with? taxpayers. But here's the thing. Yeah. We had a guy fucking sue us saying that we locked him up and we roughed him up. We never even met the guy. Never had any encounter with him. We went to depositions. We sat there. He told his story. And when the, when the, um, the, his lawyer was questioning us, we we're like, this never happened. We never met this guy ever. Yeah. And, the, the, and his a lawyer was even like, oh, God, <laughs> this is ugly. And I guarantee, I, got, I, I money. guarantee they still paid that fucking guy out because they know the game. They know, hey, I just make up a shit and they'll just fucking pay us off. Even if it's well, two grand, five grand. And I'm pretty sure they said they were going to offer like $2,000 just to get rid of it. And we we're like, dude, what the fuck? He, we didn't do it. You know, well, this matter. is a flat out lie. Nuisance money, bro. Nuisance money. Here's two grand. Well, go away. Anyway, so. Of, of your taxpayer dollars. Uh, yeah. I, I don't even worry about where that shit goes because it goes everywhere that it's not supposed to. And it has for a long time. What am I going to fucking do? Once I can move out of the city, it's on somebody else at that point. But all right. So. Let me get into this. And he has called me a couple times already. Oh. All right. Now, I've told the story of my buddy Joey, you know, our buddy, um, mm -hmm. guy we both grew up with, you know, good guy. Uh, yes, he is. Was always, the kid worked since he was 18 years old at the Inquirer. Yep. And I remember he used to make fucking money. You're talking damn near 30 years ago, he was making like 30 bucks an hour. 
Yep. He Questionable hair grooming practices, but yeah, see, so it's some crazy ass fucking you know <laughs> styles. Even today, when he got in my car, I had to bust his balls a little bit on his style. Did he have the stash? Not even look. No, he was actually. Did he have a creeper stash? No, no, all that was gone. He had like a full beard. I think he's been having a stressful week, and <laughs> you know he is dude. plagued by this awful human being in his life. This mm. person has been nothing but awful to him since we were teenagers you know and it's so you know who it is i'm not going to say this person's name um but we used to hang at her house her mom you know i don't even know who her dad was i I never had no beef with her i mean no i know her mom had you know there's three of them it was her and her two sisters all three had different dads Mm -hmm. and she was always with the last dad um the youngest sister's dad, but mm-hmm. for whatever reason, he didn't live in the house. So she would go to his house every single day. And this was pretty much throughout her whole high school years. And we all hung at her house for yeah, years. It was a party house. Cause it there was, were no adults there. There was never an adult at that house. So we all yeah. hung out there. But when we all hit the you know real world, started working, settling down with girlfriends or whatever, going, you going to college, People went their separate ways and the signs were on the wall that this person was heading down the way of doing drugs and stuff like that. Well, our boy Joe stuck, stuck around and more power to him. He didn't judge her and they always maintain a friendship that sadly goes on to this day. Now I already told this story in a way where she has um, accused him of a crime, a bad crime that we know he didn't commit. And this person, he's still to this day going to court for it and foolishly still maintains a relationship with this fucking devil of a human being who has basically abandoned her own child who needs her and who don't have a dad. I think the dad's you know, non-existent. Um, but now this child is being raised by this person's um, the person we're talking about sister who we also know. Mm. So she has brought this toxic level to, to our boy Joe. That is undescribable. People may have been abused. Some of you may have done drugs and went through rehab and stuff like that. I guarantee all that shit doesn't compare to what our friend is going through. He can't get away. It's insane. It's fucking. Well, he can. He can get away. Oh, he, he can. You're right. Let me rephrase. He can get away, but he just doesn't. He can't. And yeah, he has no kids with her. They're not married. Nothing. There is just nothing keeping these two people together. So it has scrambled him. He is, uh, and I say this right to his face. He is a fucking moron. And half the times he says shit makes no sense because he's so stressed out. He's so frustrated. So here's what happened, and here's where we're at today. That is still making my head fucking spin and i think i finally got the real answer but you know we'll uh i'm gonna wait and see so he calls me on monday he was heading down to see his attorney um down in south philly he calls me he's, he's lost and i'd say to him well why don't you just go on your fucking phone pop it into gps and Here's where a lot of the stuff frustrates me when it comes to Joe. And I've said this to him because when he hears this, this isn't going to be a secret. There's always a problem with anything he does. My man always has a problem getting money into a bank and getting money out of a bank. Always. He's always on the phone. Just there's there's an issue. There's a story. He goes to the bank and there's a story. Something happens, whatever it may be. How many times have you gone to the bank where you've had a problem? Just think about that. Never. I just deposit my shit via that's myself. It. That's, it. That's, that's it. That's it. That's it, bro. That's it. Point. That's it. No problem. How many times have you been on the phone with your utilities company in the past five years? Zero. Zero. Same here. Okay. You know, how many times have you had a problem with your cell phone and you had to call them because of whatever reason? Zero. Zero. And that's it. With him, there's I've always... the same cell phone since 2004. I've never spoke to them. Exactly. So, with him, there's always an issue. Now, what I know is this: these issues, the underlying problem is the person 
you know, the, the female person in his life. Mm-hmm. There's always an issue with her that leads to these other issues, whether it's he's so frustrated or mad or upset at her that he can't think straight. He's at the bank, maybe giving the wrong fucking account number, whatever. You know, she has a problem with a lot of it. So he calls me and says, and I say, put it in your GPS. I don't have that. I was like, yes, you do. Everybody has that shit on their phone. I, I, not this phone. Like he, he tells me it's like these phones that are secrets, you know, phones that don't work, whatever. Yeah. Okay. I ask where like you he's at. Like he's a CIA agent. Right. I'm like, where the hell are you? I look it up on my phone. I find out. He tells me where he's at. I'm like six blocks straight up the street, dude. Just fucking go. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Call me later. Let me know how it goes with the lawyer. Because again, I'm concerned for him. I've told him to his face, and I'm sure his lawyers told him too, that you're going to prison. And it's not going to be because you mm-hmm. committed a crime. It's going to be because these juries, the jurors are not going to understand how you are facing decades in prison for a crime you didn't commit. But you just can't stay away from the person who's behind it all. Now, he thinks it's not her. He thinks it's the sister. And it's this grandmaster scheme to fucking, I don't even know. Get money from him, he thinks. I, I I tell him, I entertain it when he says that once in a while. And I say to him, if that were the actual case, it's even crazier because that means they're both in on it. And he's like, I agree. I agree. What's going on with him right now and this woman started coincidentally right after she asked him for five grand and he said no. And then went down to South Beach and then posted on Facebook him with strippers talk about how he's banging this girl and that girl. And she got mad. I said, don't you get it? She got mad. All of a sudden, this crime got reported. And now you're in the fucking fight of your well, it's life. Extor- it's extortion, essentially, dude. Exactly. The crazy thing is he was going to win the court case because even the district attorney looked at this as like, oh, this is shady. Mm. But my man couldn't stay away. And got in trouble again for going by the house. So the district attorney's like, you know what? Fuck this. I ain't letting this go. I'm going to get him. But here, here's the thing, man. At some point, you have to be able to walk away. Well, and I understand. Look, man, love makes people do <clears throat> dumb shit. I, you know, I mean, I understand that. It's not people that, do, though. But this is so beyond that. I mean, your situation. Call it what you want. Right. It's crazy. No, there, this is a mental problem. But anyway, mm-hmm. it's that's the that's the world he lives in. And again, I've told him, you're my boy. We've known you for I've known you forever. I'm still not going to abandon you over this insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not come over for a picnic with you and her, but you could still call me. So here, here becomes the problem, dude. I mean, you know, at some point, it's not it's not even about the truth. It's about perception. You know yeah. what I mean? You have to think about what's going to be told to a jury. And that's and, my fear for yeah, him. And this is where. This is where you have to be wise enough. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard, especially, I mean, I know he's known her. We've known her since we were kids. But it doesn't Again, matter. I, I'm sorry. Your own, if you were in this same exact situation, and, and it sickens me to even say this, with your wife and your child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You You'd would be, be living in England. No you would be in no England way. until this was over. Yeah, you know? no, I'd be in a non-extradition country, but what? yeah, well, I'm fine. Well, hold on. No, but seriously, and then your wife would be with the child trying to figure out what is wrong that the child would make up these lies. That well, hasn't happened here. Again, that the child made up the lies and wasn't kind of right, know, right. Well, to say these things. I'm looking at it as that way. Like the kid just made these yeah, lies yeah, yeah. up because I think personally the kid seeing how bad, how toxic the relationship was between them, that the kid had to make these lies up to hopefully get them away from each other. That's what I personally think. Um, you know, so... As a mother, you should be by that kid's side 24 fucking 7 trying to make the kid right. Instead, no. She took off and started stalking our buddy. Again, just happened to be right around the the holidays. And foolishly enough, he went and gave her a nice Christmas. I've told him multiple times he is a moron for this. I will tell him to his face. I told him tonight. I'll tell him tomorrow. And when he listens, I'm telling him you are absolutely insane for what you are doing. You are setting yourself up to go to prison and the sad thing is his lawyer is his friend. They've known each other for 30 years and he doesn't realize the stress that he puts on. Imagine you trying to defend me and you're getting chances here to win my case, but I keep fucking 
shooting you in the foot or shoot myself in the foot and ruining that chance. And I go to jail. You're my friend. You're going to feel yeah. some kind of way like, fuck, my boy goes to jail and I'm the, you know, I'm the lawyer. Well, listen, man, I mean, I, I will tell you this. I mean, this is, I mean, lawyers go through this all the time. I mean, I've worked in legal clinics and other places. You tell people what to do and they just don't listen. I know. And, and you just think to yourself, like, look, I get <clears throat> life's more complicated than my advice. And I get that sometimes it's easier said than done. You really don't want my advice. You're hoping that I'll reinforce what you say and tell you you're right. And when you tell people they're wrong, they don't want to hear it. And like I said, man, I ain't seen Joe in years. Joe's my homie. I love Joe. He's been never nothing but good for me. And any advice I give to him is completely neutral and objective. And I'm sure his lawyer's giving him the same the same advice. Walk away, my brother. Walk away. If you get convicted of this. Life will not be good for you. No. You know what I mean? You're not a big dude. If you go into prison, You don't have to bring that part of it up. That's not even... It's just the fact that your friend did this to you. I mean, forget about what happens afterwards. Just the person you thought you loved and cared about so much did this to you. And mind you, she's still shaking him down. This is all a shakedown. Like, I know it. She's shaking him down for money, 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 money. Um, He just told me she slid and crashed her car into a wall you know in the that's 70 insurance is for bro in the 70 degree weather she don't have insurance that's the fucking problem she don't have fucking insurance she has him he is her insurance he, money, man. hold on he is her money her bank her everything he dishes that money and he's got money and he throws it to her meanwhile her poor fucking you know kid has made all these claims is god only knows where doing what I mean, still a young kid. I think it's only she's only maybe 11, 12 years old. I don't know how old the kid is. Yeah. But the yeah. point is, the mom is so worried about getting nickels and dimes from our boy. The kid is, you know, needs help. And now that help has been put placed on the sister, her aunt, to do. When this all goes to court, I told him, and the jury sees all this and hears all this, the kid could get up there and say, hey, I lied about it all. The jury's going to be like, you know what? These two fucking people are so toxic. I'm throwing him in jail just for that. There's a word for it. There's a phrase. I can't remember. I just saw it. But it's basically where the jury knows somebody's guilty or not guilty. And they just, you know, give the verdict on the opposite of the facts. They don't care. They just say, well, I mean, guilty. there's something called jury nullification. There it is. Jur- jury nullification. That's it. Um, but anyway, like, it was finally paid off. There you go. And I knew I knew that word. Um, so he calls me on Monday. And he off to the lawyer's office. All right. I send him a message that night. Hey, everything all right? How'd it go? No response. Okay. Um, he sleeps weird hours. I don't think anything of it. Calls me Tuesday. Hey, yo, um, dude, I fucking ran out of gas on 95. Can't find his car. And this is where the story starts getting crazy. All right. I said, okay. Well, where did you run out of 95? Where at? What part? I'm not 100% sure. Now, you're somebody that can relate to this because you don't know where your back yeah, door. Yeah, directionally challenged. Yeah, you don't even know where the back run. door of your house is at right now. But That's true. he is the same way. He has no idea. So I said, okay, explain to me what happened. You know, run down the course of events of, of this, um, of the day. Goes up, runs out of gas, gets off the side of the road. He said, a cop pulls up. And not long after, a tow truck driver pulls up. Okay. Did you call 911? Now, for a while, he said he did. Now, that story has changed. I said, what happened? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just let me say the story. And then you can start going crazy and bouncing your head off the wall. (laughs) Tell me everything that happened. So, the quick version was they came. Cop told them, okay, they're going to just tow your car off the highway. And everything will be good to go. He said the cop drove him home. Right there is a red flag. Yeah. He says the cop drove him, well, close to home, dropped him off, gave him his keys and wallet, on with the day. So he calls me saying, can you see if you can find What do you mean gave him his keys and wallet? He had his car keys, his wallet. Exactly. Hold on. The cop Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Calm down. Perry Mason, relax. I know. Yes, suspect. Right. So... Just off that information, I called two people that I know would have knowledge of this. Both said, nope, that didn't happen. Now, he gave me his tag number, which was wrong. He gave me another tag number, 
which is also wrong. So now the people I called can't even find it and I'm done calling now. So I start getting in arguments with him. Like you're, you're lying about something. There's a lie here and I don't know why. Okay. So before we get into all the, you know, the stuff within the story, fast forward to today, he finds PennDOT calls him. He gets a hold of somebody in PennDOT. They're looking for his card. They spot it. It's in the same exact spot from Monday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Down by the Washington exit northbound down um, in South Philly. Okay. On the back of it, it has a big P circled with the date 4-6-2021, which means that car was to be towed. Mm-hmm. Now the question is why? Mm-hmm. I have scrambled my head trying to understand his story because he's not driving no i don't know i don't know no i think he was because i did talk to him and Mm. he he was um he was down there somewhere because obviously that's where his car was found and where he broke down okay one of the things that threw me off was oh hold on let me uh, let me back up so he had to get a new phone. That's why he wasn't able to call me back on Monday. So Tuesday, he had to get a new phone because he lost it in, the, in his truck, which made no sense to me. Like, wait a minute. You didn't ask for your fucking phone when you got out of your truck? Yeah, that's peculiar. Like, why was the cop in possession of your items? And Listen, I, I got hit. I got hit going 70. Car hit me going 70 miles an hour from the other lane when airborne and hit me head on. I had my phone in my wallet when I got in the ambulance. Well, you know what I mean, dude? He also said that he had um, like a satchel, like a folder, or whatever, with $4,000 in it that was for the lawyer. Now we're going to back up, okay? That is now missing, gone. That money's gone. Mm-hmm. So we're going to back up to now Tuesday night. I've listened to all his, his story. As just a former investigator, shit's just not adding up. Like, if my kid was telling me this stuff, I would spank him. Joke, everybody. I won't hit my kids. Um, I would punish them for a year because the story's so fucking ridiculous. I had to call this lawyer because we actually used the same lawyer. I had to call him for something personal. And he asked me, had I spoken to Joe because he was concerned they were supposed to meet. He hasn't heard from him. I was like, oh, that's crazy. I thought he would, you know, well, let me find out. I confront him. I said, hey, Joe, I thought you went down to see, you know, the lawyer. I did. I, I did. I, well, because he just, you know, I had to talk to him about something personal, and he was asking if I saw you because he's concerned he hasn't heard from you. He, goes, uh, he stutters and says that he was speaking to him on the phone. Because I asked him, I was like, what happened with the lawyer? What what information did he give you for about your case? I'm Because I am concerned for him. I know how fucking dangerous this is. And it was just, oh, just, you know, regular, just same old bullshit. Nothing crazy. And I said, oh, okay. But maybe he just had to go make a payment. So I didn't press him. But once I heard the lawyer say that, now my all the fucking red flags went flying up. Like, there is a lie in here. The other thing is, I asked both people. Would you drive? My brain, my yeah, my brain would have went that somebody else drove the car, or he's somewhere he shouldn't have been and got gripped. Right. But here's the other crazy thing: if a cop drove you home, there's going to be a record of it, and there's no record of an encounter between them. And this is where yeah. it gets fucking insane. Okay. So we go back and forth. I've accused him of lying. I'm saying it right now. The only way he is not lying, and we just discussed this because I was going to take him to Eternal Affairs. Because according to him, cop pulls up. He's in the back seat of the car too, mind you. All right. So at what? some point he gets put what? in the back seat of the police vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I said, I from I don't know how it works today, but you're only going in the back of that if you're under an investigation. Now he's saying it's Philly PD. Mm-hmm. He's sure it's not state police. On ninety five, right? On ninety five, which again is strange. Um, mm. rare it could happen, but extremely rare. Like when I talked to my state, you know, patrol or state police contact, he's like, eh, no, everything I told him about what happened. No. However, when I show him, cause fast forward to when Joe finds his car, there's, he takes a picture of it and at back of his car, like I said, it's marked to be towed. 
Well, that's what I thought it was abandoned there is what I thought you were going to say. By some, by, well, no. And uh, my body said, yeah, that's what they would do to get it towed. Um, mm. So, you know, let's jump back to Tuesday here. Now, when we're talking, he tells me he was in the backseat of the car. Cop drove him home. And that so they were going to tow. Hold on, hold on. City full of tow truck drivers that would tow your car before you got out of it. How the hell is it sitting there days later? Again, well, from my guys, um, from what he thinks was, they marked it to get towed, but because of COVID and park authority, I guess, being understaffed, they just never got around to it. Um, okay. He said, Sounds it's like rare. Yeah, it's rare, but he said it happens. Um, or he thinks it could have been just flat out abandoned, a trooper on his patrol, seeing it over a course of a day or two and just marked that's it. That's what I was thinking. Marked Someone it to get it. abandoned, marked right. it. Right. Yep. Which I said to him would be, okay, that's normal. That shit happens. But he's not saying yeah, that's what happened. Cash, go to get it, whatever. He's telling me that he broke down, a cop gave him a ride home, and they were supposed to tow his car off the fucking highway. And the, the, the cop driving you home part is the craziest part of it all. Like my mm. state... State police guy said, not a fucking chance in the world. Mm-hmm. He's in, the, I believe that's the third or first district down there. I I, I don't know that South Philly part. Um, let's just say it was a district car that came up. There's no way the district is going to allow one of their cars to take a guy 15 fucking miles away from the district. Well, it, it's a liability problem, man. I mean, if you, if you crash and he gets injured exactly. or something happens... That's on you. No one's. And again, if they did it, there would be records. There's no record. None of my guys could find anything. Um, You know, if it was a highway guy, you know, being the kindest guy in the world, which let's face it, most of the highway guys aren't. There still would be a fucking record, you know, and they're not going to drive you home. They're going to take you off the fucking highway and dump you there. You're not some. 90 year old man or a mother with a child those people they may help out because they don't want to leave them stranded maybe they thought he was a child well maybe but he is like four foot seven i mean there is a chance you know so he makes (laughs) up he, he gives me all these you know facts of what happened and i to this minute can't understand well i may have figured it out but i i don't want to say nothing yet until i am you know know for sure the only way anything like that could have happened in, from my context point of view, if it were to state police, was he was picked up, somebody in that vehicle was picked up for a suspicion of DUI, take it to a hospital, mm-hmm. blood drawn, they'll send you a warrant in the mail to turn yourself yeah. in. And in, in that case, the car, man. and in that case, you're in the custody of the cops. So that cop, that trooper probably would drive you home since you're stranded. But they would also get your car towed, and that's why it was marked to be towed. Just so happened, no one came to um, tow it. My other theory is somebody else was driving his fucking car. That's my theory. They got popped for something fucked up. Him telling us, his friends, his close circle people, like, oh, I lent my car to whoever, and they got popped for something. Yeah, we'll come down on him and say, you idiot, why did you do this? And that's a guy, like, you dumb mother effer, like, why are you doing this stupid, like, these are stupid things. Does he own multiple cars? He does. Okay. That might change things slightly. Well, no, the one car is broke down. I'd be looking for that shit within hours. Well, here, and here's the thing. The next day he goes and he starts to look for his car, calling around this person, that person, trying to find this or that and whatever. And he can't find it. He's calling the, um, Well, it ran out of gas. Why wouldn't you just say, take me to the gas station? I'll buy a gas station. That is what. Back up and get your car. You have $4,000 cash on you. Why? One, my biggest question to him was, why didn't you ask the tow truck driver, where are you taking my car? Where are you taking it? He kept saying he'd never interacted with the tow truck driver. It was the cop doing all the talking. I said, well, in that case, you were in custody. Because there's no reason for the cop to not let you speak yeah, to the guy. Oh, like, mean, let me see this, too. I don't know about you. If I had four G's in cash, it would be handcuffed to my wrist. And that's the other like thing. I was in a James Bond movie, bro. The $4,000 cash is like an afterthought in the story. He's like, oh, yeah, and I have four grand in my thing. I was like, I know you got money, but Mike Trout can have $4,000 sitting on a car seat. And if he got in a car accident, he's going to take his $4,000. You're going to get your wallet, your phone, and your 4K. You're not leaving all this shit behind. But he wants people to believe that he just left the $4,000. He, again, left his cell phone. So now he finds his card today. 
Okay, so let's fast forward to today. How do you call 911? You didn't have the cell phone. What do you put it in your pocket? Would you throw it in the back seat? Uh, he does it. He said he called 911. Then he said well, he's not 100% sure if he did, and they just showed up. Again, I said what to him, he called 912, and maybe they ran I said up. to him, I was like, everything you've said to me is something that an irresponsible child would do, not an adult who pays bills, has kids, and had a successful life. Those people wouldn't do what you did. They wouldn't not ask for the directions of where his this tow truck's is going. Move of the dudes that when you when you pull them over and they say, yeah, there are drugs in my pants, but they're not my pants. Right. That's the move. That's what this is. Like, you don't have your, you don't get your cell phone. You don't get your cash. You don't, you, you, like, these are the things that makes no sense. You don't ask the tow truck driver, hey, here's 200 bucks of my 4,000 cash. Can you what, tow what, me to a gas station? Driver? They didn't tow the truck, right? But they never towed it. So why is there a tow so truck driver there? What tow truck driver was he Again, talking to? I don't know. PennDOT finds... Tow truck drivers are like <clears throat> sharks with lasers, bro. If they can come get your car, PennDOT, they'll be on that shit in 12 seconds. He's calling PennDOT for some reason, and somehow PennDOT finds his car. I guess the tow truck driver kept driving around, and... Just happened to see it on 95. Like, oh, yeah, it's still sitting right there in the same spot. So now he goes down. He finds his car. Okay. Now he gets it. He can't start it because the battery's dead. Let me ask a simple question. Simple question. Yeah. If if I broke down and ran out of gas and I went somewhere else, the very first place I'd go is back Back to where my car was. Exactly. I would call somebody. And he he knows. He could call me and say, hey, Mark, my car broke down. Can you help me go get it? But no. You know what he tells me? Oh, I think his other cars broke down, but he can get down there. You want to, you want to know what he tells me? He goes, Oh, they tried to put gas in it, but they can't because he has some device on his, he has some device on his Ford escape that prevents people from putting sugar in it. And that the tow truck driver couldn't get the gas um, nozzle in there to give him gas. I thought you were going to say that that he had a DeLorean and it had a flux capacitor Mm -hmm. and it had a Mr. Fusion on it. It it doesn't take regular gas. It gets crazier. It had to hit 88.8 gigawatts. Hold on. All right. Let me finish this because we're we're running out of time. (laughs) He goes get his car today. He goes, he gets it, has to get a tow because the battery's dead now. And he miraculously got some gas into it uh, because he had to push a lever, whatever. None of it even makes any fucking sense. But that's besides the point. His $4,000 is missing. So Mm -hmm. I said, okay, there's only two options here. You never really had it and you're really lying to me. Or the people you interacted with on 95 housed you. Because you're saying a cop drove you home and there's no record of it. Mm -hmm. Why would a cop take that risk? He don't know you. He don't know you. Why would he do that? I mean, there are people out there that would see $4,000 cash. Like, ooh, okay, maybe I can finagle this. I, uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's fucked up to think. I said, but the fact funny that... makes people act funny. I said, the fact that he did that. Now, this is where I tried to pin him. I said, I'm going to take you up to internal affairs. They'll be able to figure this out. You know? Yep. Start an investigation. Who took your money? You know, let's go. You went up. You dealt with a cop. You're telling me you're not under arrest. This cop drives you home. He had control of your keys and your wallet. All right. So you're I don't either. understand the wallet thing. So I mean, I don't understand. I don't that. either. No, no one. I can't. It, none of it makes sense. And this is what was so frustrating talking about it. And it still frustrates me now. None of it makes any sense. It makes sense if you were under arrest. And I could see being upset about that and being in, embarrassed. Right. Sure. 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 Because you're. Because again, this arrest, if it, if that's where what it was. It probably has to do with the idiot girl in his life, the right. crackhead. Yep. And of yep. course, that is just humiliating because, again, she's getting arrested if that's yep. what happened, you know, or you gave someone your vehicle like that and they did something stupid and got you, you know, and put you in a jam. So all the scenarios are going to make you look foolish. The fact that you want me to believe that you broke down a kind gentle officer came and picked you up and drove you home and all is well you didn't ask where your tow your car was getting towed to at one point you were in the back of the police car unable to talk to the tow truck driver his exact words to me and they left the vehicle there like think about that everyone all these facts and i just relayed here on this mess on here that i just put out it doesn't make any sense it's driving me nuts i'm actually glad though because it's helping me get my investigators investigating tools you know my skills back in trying to figure it out but i've told him i know you're lying to me about something i don't know what it is and i don't know why you don't have to 
Like, you could tell me anything. You tell me just, you know, fucking buried somebody. Okay, you're my boy. I, uh, whatever. I don't care. Um, it just doesn't make sense. So think about that. Joe, I know you're listening to this right now. I hope you hearing me say all this stuff, you hear how crazy your story sounds. Again, this may actually be true, but if it is true, it's sadly going to involve maybe a cop doing something wrong, which yeah. is going to suck. In which case, you should do the right thing and stop that shit, man. Can't let exactly. Like that, and that's what I said. I said, if that, you know, why am I the one suggesting to you to go file a report of somebody, you know, taking your $4,000? And it may not be him. It could have been a tow truck driver. It could sure, have been a sure, random sure. person behind this. But at least they'll know why this guy offered you a ride home. You know, they'll get to the bottom of that because that in itself in today's, you know, police world makes no sense of all the stuff that happened. That is the one that makes at least amount of sense, you know, so and it's not like it was three in the morning. It was fucking five o'clock in the afternoon mm-hmm. on a mm-hmm. on a Monday. So, you know, I I hope, uh, you know, I know, like I said, he's going to be listening. So, brother. There's something, any secret you want to tell me, you could tell me. Um, anybody else that wants to chime in, tell me what you think. Um, hit us up. Let us know. And, Professor, with that, we're going to wrap it up, and I'll uh, talk to you. I want you to stew over that. All right, Professor? I want you to think about that while you're drinking your beer and posting your I'm YouTube videos. I'm drinking beer right now while I do this. Listen, here's the thing. Listen, Joe's our homie. This is all coming from a place of love. I'm being yep. objective on this. None of this shit sounds right, brother. It doesn't. You need to just... You need to get right, abandon that, and do your thing, man. Live your life. That's it. All right, everybody. Check us out. Lastoutmedia.com.